0: Dion is a legendary singer. Our guest today, Mike Wartella, is the actor playing him now on the stage. A great new musical called The Wanderers. Stay with us. Welcome to personally speaking i'm your host Monsignor jemosanti and actor singer mike wartella joins me now mike is currently playing dion dimucci better known as dion in a jukebox bio musical called the wanderer at the paper mill playhouse in milburn new jersey and he's received rave reviews for his performance mike was raised in the berkshires in massachusetts and at 17 he left for new york to focus on performing in addition to starring in the broadway bound musical the wanderer Mike's Broadway credits include Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Tuck Everlasting, and Wicked. His debut solo album is called Polarity, and Mike is here with us today to talk about his life, his career, playing rock and roll Hall of Famer Dion, and the values that matter the most to him. Joining me now, I'm so pleased to welcome to Personally Speaking the incredible actor and singer and dancer, Mike Wartella. Before we get to our interview with Mike, let's listen to Mike singing a song from The Wanderer. Come on to the show, and Mike. Let me begin by asking yeah. you uh, that last name—that great, wonderful, unique, <laughs> delightful last name. Where's it from?
1: Well, you know, uh, a lot of people think it's Italian, right? Because of the "a" at the end, and I sort of go with that often. But the truth is, it's actually Ukrainian. It's, wow! Uh, it's a tr- it's a it's a pronunciation of Vortia, okay? Which is uh, another name in Ukrainian. So, so that's where it comes from.
0: True. And Voiti was also the name of Pope John Paul II. That was one of his names. That's right. Name, you know? And from
1: what I understand, we may have some relation in, in the family.
0: Isn't that so. wild? But you do yeah. have, some, you have some Italian blood, right?
1: I do. I do. My grandmother's maiden name was Biscotti. Okay, so, good, good, go. good.
0: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a <laughs> yeah. blend, half Irish, half Italian, but I like. And how could you, man, Ukrainian right now, we're standing with them 100% hoping Absolutely. for hope, you know? But listen, Absolutely. let me. You know, I'm going to share with our viewers and listeners. Uh, this is just one mm-hmm. example of what we read about Mike Watella. Um, <laughs> Mike Wartella is brimming over with talent as Dion. His energy is palpable and his voice perfect as he sings many of Dion's hits. It is a treat to watch his transformation from a kid hanging out in the streets. Um, to becoming a teen idol he owns the stage and has audience <laughs> captivated throughout this gift of a show. And then the New York Times goes on to say, uh, Michael is divinely inspired in voice, divinely inspired voice. So, you know, all of a sudden you are this overnight sensation, but you know, and I know <laughs> that it's not overnight. So tell me about the journey from from you're getting into the business to this moment where everyone thinks that, like you invented how to slice bread. They're like constantly yeah. thinking you're the best thing that's ever come along. How does it feel?
1: Um, you know it feels earned it feels mm-hmm. um like there's a lot of gratitude surrounding it yeah and uh <clears throat> it feels stressful is the truth but it mm-hmm. also feels incredibly fulfilling and incredibly um the the term we keep using you know i keep using it a lot at work is is it feels like i'm being of service i get to yeah. be of service to the to the world as best i know how with my particular skill set right now mm-hmm. and that's what i've wanted to do for a long time so it's it's pretty exciting, you know. Okay,
0: okay. take us back now. And most parents sure. uh, want their kid to do what he enjoys, what she enjoys. Uh, so <clears throat> acting or the arts as an avocation is fine, but as a career, as a vocation, it doesn't make any sense because there's not the pension, there's not the steady paycheck, there's not the security. So uh, okay. I know mom was was uh, very much on her own in the beginning. But uh, the response to you wanting to move with your whole life into the world of arts was what?
1: You know, I think my family kind of always knew the response I get from them now is that they knew I was going to do it from a young age, you know, right away. And uh, they were in the arts themselves, uh, both professionally and on an amateur level. And so it was a lot harder to say, don't do this, you know, because they had already been doing it. But there was apparently there was something they noticed in me from a young age that they said, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I would be surprised if he doesn't choose this professionally. I do... With that said, I do recall a conversation somewhere around 15 that I had with my mother where I said, listen, I think I'm going to go to New York and go to college for this, and do the whole thing. And I just remember the look in her eyes was <laughs> that of excitement and trepidation, to say right, the least. Right, you know, right, she, sure. was, she was nervous for me and kind of knew that she wasn't going to be able to stop me, but that she hoped for the best, I would assume, you know?
0: Yeah. Now, Mike, you have a, yeah. a good yeah. career on, uh, you've had a good career on Broadway, Off-Broadway and doing other art forms, but... Uh, you're, there's not an actor alive who hasn't gone after something and not gotten it. When you face disappointment or rejection, I was perfect for that, and I didn't get it. What do you do with those feelings?
1: You know, uh, different things at different times. I mean, certainly in the beginning of my career, I didn't handle them well. It, mm. it pretty much felt like my world collapsed and ended every time I didn't book any job, let alone a job that I really wanted, you know. Yeah. Um, that's just the truth. You kind of have to ride that wave, and you do take it personally in the beginning, I feel. You know, I took it very personally for a long time. And then, um, I don't know what this is, but I I guess we could call it determination. Might have been a little frustration, but there was a certain tipping point in the middle where I just started to feel like, you know, enough's enough, man. Like, I just, I want to do this. I want to, why aren't they letting me do this? And So my attitude and energy in audition rooms actually changed. And I became a lot more um, unapologetic about my performances, I would say, because I was just frustrated. You know at this point and that energy actually seems to help get Mm -hmm. the job because what i didn't know at the time but what i could put voice to now is that i was giving um an attitude of true self-confidence of saying i know my worth i know my talent i deserve to be in this room we all deserve to work together in in sort of a humble way let's proceed and that energy is what tends to be the defining factor i feel like to get people cast most of the time Okay. So then things started to change for me a little bit, you okay. know, in the middle there. For yeah. folks
0: who don't know, Mark Watella, this is on XM so they can hear your voice. But for those who watch it on YouTube and other platforms, they get to see this young face, and they think, uh, what is he, 15, 16, 17 years old now? Interestingly enough, Mike has yeah. a child almost that age. Now, here's That's what right. I'm wondering about it. This wonderful son of yours... You lead and have to lead in the arts an indefinite life, moving around, never being quite sure where next you're going to work. How does the whole experience of raising a child and trying to also live in the arts,
1: how does that work? Uh, not always easily, to be honest, mm-hmm. uh, but sometimes really smoothly. It It's case by case. I would love to say, <clears throat> excuse me, still getting over a sickness from last week. Um, I would love to say that it's, you know, sort of unorthodox at this point. But the truth is we're finding that what is the norm in family dynamics at this point? And I feel like my dynamic I'm finding out is a little bit more normal than I thought. Um, Certainly as a performer, it's really tough because, yeah, you're moving around constantly. I've had to be away from my son way more than I ever wanted, than I ever predicted would happen when he was born. Um, And that's been really tough. And the only thing that I can think about you know and this goes into faith for me in some ways is that i had a pretty rough childhood growing up you know mm-hmm. i had a pretty rough experience and a rough go at it and as much as that hurt and was really hard for me it also 100% became the thing that defined me and the thing that got me to find my own redemption and my own strength and mm-hmm. taught me how to connect with me and god and um you know taught me how to be strong it certainly is all the tools I needed to be able to do this show. Like I literally would not be able to do this show the way I'm doing it without an incredibly hard childhood. So it's little things like that, that I say to myself, well, isn't the struggle all part of it too? And
0: mm-hmm. when I'm
1: sitting here being down to myself about not being able to be the best father in the world, I also have to remember a friend of mine once said, don't deny him his right to have a, a struggle in his life, wow. you know, my son. And as hard as that is for me to swallow because I don't want it to be my fault and I don't want him to suffer, Mm -hmm. the reality is he has a really great life. He's had a much better life and an upbringing on paper than I had growing up. Mm -hmm. And he knows that I love him and I care. And whatever he's going to miss from the inconsistencies or whatever he's going to miss from the time away, I want to believe is going to make him stronger in the end and actually something that he maybe needs in his life, you know?
0: That's beautifully put, Mike. And I, I know that in that struggle you're talking about in your early life that uh, one of the saving graces, I believe, as I understand it, was the uh, the single mom, the single parent. What kind of woman is she, your mom?
1: <laughs> well, we need a whole other podcast to talk about that. <laughs> but she's she's a pretty great one. She's pretty great. I mean, she's full of energy, full of life. You would never believe she's a day over 15 let alone, you know, (laughs) in her fifties, the way she is. I mean, she's just youthful and excitable and passionate and um, certainly taught me all of those things in life. She's also incredibly strong. She's Mm -hmm. weathered a lot of storms, you know, as most single moms have and um, taken, you know, great care of me along the way. And uh, she's also human. She's flawed and and Mm -hmm. has stuff to work on and a little kooky and, you know, <laughs> okay, all of the, all of the above. Yeah.
0: You know, if you're ever up for a, a couple of weeks of switching, I my, I my mom lives with me as 101. So, uh, wow. yeah, That's a also, service. also a little kooky, you know, she's also delightful sure. and sharp. And uh, let me ask you though, because so I many are. people watching a program like this, listening to this, um, they've gone through something similar to you in that, mm-hmm. uh, mom decides to finally settle down with a, a, a guy, uh, in your case, a stepfather. Was that an easy adjustment for you or challenging?
1: Yeah, that was pretty challenging as I recall. Um, mm-hmm. my mom first married and moved in with my stepdad when I was about seven okay um, <clears throat> and I just i I was too young to put words to it, but looking back, I would say the feeling was like, well, you're not my father, you know so i don't I don't know what I'm supposed to do here with this information because right, he's right. just a guy in the house. And, uh, and at the time also, you know, they were they were both going through a lot of a lot of different things. And some of that was addiction, which thank God, by the grace of God, they've both found sobriety and, you know, are, are clean well over 20, 30 years now. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it wasn't so much the case. And so I didn't get along with him very well in the beginning. I didn't get along with her and the dynamic that they had together. And it definitely pushed me to sort of go out on my own um, just emotionally. Mm-hmm. That said, I do want to say real quick that, my father, I call him my father, even though he's my stepfather, yeah. did get sober when I was about fourteen, and over time in his life has made such a drastic transformation that he's actually become the closest person, I would say to me in my heart over these years, wow. the way he shows up. so that's a true story of redemption and hard work, and yeah, you know God and it paying off, and I always love to to look yeah. at the difference there, yeah. You know?
0: Now, uh, for our listeners and watchers, mm-hmm. Mike is, is playing Dion DeMucci on, mm-hmm. on this great new play called The Wanderers, this musical. Uh, we had Dion on years ago, and of course, so much of uh, what he ties to his redemption is, is about a spiritual relationship with God. And uh, in, your, in your own times of struggle, uh, has faith mm-hmm.
1: played a part? It has. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, when I was younger, we weren't raised very religious per se. And mm-hmm. I have memories of praying on my own, but not really sure to what or in what way. And then uh, the truth was, I went through a relationship for a lot of years, where I where I was anti God and religion, just because okay. I was experiencing a lot of the sides to it that felt more human and a little more hateful to me. And I didn't, I didn't like that, you know, so mm. it was, I grew up in Massachusetts. We were very liberal and hippie and right, it was right. sort of easy to, to just beat to our own drum. Um, but you know, life will do crazy things to you. And kind of very similar to Dion, I found my own struggles with certain addictions and different things in my twenties and mm-hmm. early thirties and was brought to my knees, you know, literally and figuratively myself. And through my own 12 step recovery have, 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 tapped into a relationship with God sort of reluctantly in the beginning. I thought, right. well, I don't know what this is, but I'll give it a shot, I guess, you know. <laughs> right. And then pretty quickly started to see and experience and feel a lot of miracles, a lot of, you know, grace around me constantly. And now I would say God is the most important thing in my life in that way. You mm-hmm.
0: know. Well, let me ask mm-hmm. you this, because so many we have in, in the church where I'm the past, we have you know, both N.A. and uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. But I mention this because that sense of the higher power having an important role in my healing, I understand. But at the same time, I would wonder if I was struggling with addiction, uh, God, you are all powerful and all good. Why don't you spare me this completely? Like, why would you ever give me this inclination toward addiction? Not that I think God makes us alcoholic or drug addicts, but but he's God after all. So I I don't want to carry this burden. Did you go through a period of of shaking your fist in his face to say, why me?
1: absolutely I, I still to be honest go through that because you know as an addict in recovery you're, you're sort of always dealing with the addiction internally our play okay. talks about this too and we have an addiction situation and we always say at the end you know it never goes away it's always mm-hmm. around it's always there and it sort of becomes your decision and choice and your relationship with a higher power on a daily basis to, mm-hmm. to stay clean So not only did I struggle with it in the beginning, but yeah, I've had days recently where I've woken up and said, really, like, you got to make me an addict. This is what, this is what I have to do. I have to still be, you know, I'd really love to wake up one day and not feel this way. But, you know, to me, and this is the grand faith, isn't it? But that's the thing with God is that it's not our job to know why Mm -hmm. yet and maybe ever, you know, but in all the wonderful stories in the Bible and all the things I've ever read, it's like people go through hardships, yeah. And then maybe there's a redemption or a, a salvation or a this or that. And maybe there isn't. And all of that has got to be part of God's plan if you're going to accept it. Yeah. You know, And so I like to, what I like to say nowadays when I'm really struggling and kind of in my ego and my, my emotions and my pity party, I'll say, you know, God knows better than I do, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I should just take my own ego out of it and ride the ride.
0: For those folks who want to, if you go online and you look up Mike Martella, you're going to find out a lot of clips of him singing and dancing. And There's one clip I saw, Mike, just last night of you doing tap. And, and okay. I was tired I got tired watching you do it and I think I mentioned that because you know doing the show every night and uh, matinees and all the rest like you need Mm -hmm. a whole lot of energy you need to be in shape I would imagine that some folks who uh, are given to addiction say well I I need to take this because I do need extra energy or I do have to promote uh, being out there more like have you ever found in any way the inclination or the the temptation to say well this is my art to keep my art alive I need a little, uh, a little booster.
1: It's funny you say that actually, yes, I have had that feeling. Um, and a lot of my friends who are artists and in recovery have talked yeah. about the same thing. They've talked mm-hmm. about being a songwriter or an actor and saying, well, I write such great songs when I'm in turmoil, when my life is in yeah. chaos, when I feel yeah. awful, those are my right. best songs. Right. You yeah. know, I give a great acting performance when I can't stand my life. And so I'm crying constantly on stage and, and it is, it's tempting. As an actor, I mean, for a lot of years when we were working on this show and developing it in readings and workshops, Mm -hmm. I was not in the healthiest place. And my performance was very raw and very emotional. And as an actor, that feels good. That feels like, oh, I'm really doing a great job. And so there was a fear I had coming into it this time because my life was so peaceful where -hmm. I thought, can I still do it? Like, And actually, Dion in the show says, you know, I've never performed sober before. What if I can't do it? Yeah, And I think he's talking about just having the, the ease and the calm of the drug to sort of get through the thing. In my case, it was almost having the turmoil and the, and the juices flowing to, to feed the performance. And what I discovered pretty quickly, surprise, surprise, was that not only was I completely able to tap into all that emotional stuff, right, but I was way more um, grounded and secure in the performance that I could actually control it as opposed to it controlling me and mm-hmm. i now give a deeper richer better performance and i'm able to detach from it the minute i leave so of course you know the sober life and the and the god connected life is a much better way to do it it's yeah. just uh, scary to take the plunge i guess
0: mike yeah. let me ask you the uh, in in the in the musical we celebrate not just theon but we celebrate the woman who has stayed faithful to him for half a century susan i mentioned mm-hmm. that because perhaps it's accidental, perhaps he was wise in his, in his choice of a person to spend his life with, but it's kind of a miracle, I think, to find the right person to build your life with. Um, I, you know, I marry people every weekend, or I do their weddings, and, and, and I say to them, you might not be the most religious person, but you have experienced the miracle if you think that you have found the right one, because there's so many possibilities for ending up with a loser. Do you, have any, do you have any Mike Watella guidelines for how do we choose rightly who we're going to build a life with?
1: Boy, I feel like I'm the exact wrong person to answer that question. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but but I but maybe that makes me a, an authority in some way as well. Who yeah. knows? Um, yeah, I mean, what I have found in in making a lot of mistakes in that area of my life, what I have found is that there's a lot to relationships that mm. it, that's more than just love and connection and romance and attraction. You know, yeah. that's that's the that's the spark. Let's say. But for me now at my age, you know, what I think, what I think seems to show longevity is compatibility as people, Mm. um, friendship and respect and open communication, a little bit of independence so that Mm -hmm. you're not completely codependent on each other as a relationship. Right, right. Um, you know, and kind of timing and being at the right place at the right time with each other. And so that to me feels like the miracle is if you're really going to get all of those qualities, plus all the love and romance that you've been looking for your whole life, you know? It can be tricky, and yeah. and I agree with you. I'm not sure what magic sauce Dion and Susan had, but <laughs> yeah, clearly right. it's something because I've seen them in action, and they have all of the things in all of the categories that I just mentioned. You know, all
0: right. and, and, I hope to be
1: so lucky myself. So uh, I hope
0: <laughs> so too. I'll pray for that for you. I promise. You know. Thank you. Um, in this, uh, *The Wanderers*, uh, Mike playing Dion is uh, haunted by or eclipsed by uh, an alter ego. Joey McIntyre plays the role of, of the guy who keeps pulling you back into the wrong world. I mention that because, uh, because you said you know you've struggled occasionally with addiction yourself. That I'm thinking Carol O'Connor, the wonderful actor who played uh, Archie mm. Bunker, um, had a son who ultimately succumbed to drugs. But but he talked about having a hard time as a man of faith ever forgiving the people who tempted his son to walk down the wrong path. Mm. You have a Joey McIntyre in the play who takes that role, but there are probably people (coughs) in your life who have invited you to walk down the wrong path. How easy or hard is it for you, not as Dion, but as Mike Wartella to forgive people who have uh, perhaps invited you where you should not go?
1: Interesting question. Um, You know, in my experience, in all honesty, most of the influence from from a source wanting it has been internal. It really mm-hmm. has been more the play kind of like, you know, Joey becomes a figment of my experience. And that's been my case, too. I feel like I'm usually split down the middle with the sort of grounded mm-hmm. adult Mike, and then the guy who's like, let's get into trouble all the time. And <laughs> I hear them talking. And, You know, so so that's been the harder thing is maybe to forgive myself at times for letting myself betray myself. Um, but in terms of other people, anytime someone else has influenced me or been a been an enabler into helping me get into trouble, now I got to tell you, it's really pretty easy to forgive them because my own mm. understanding of, of addiction and my own understanding of, um, it's at times controversial with people I know because they say, well, it was that person's fault that did it. But in my experience yeah. with addiction, it's not exactly that cut and dry. It's not the person's fault for going out and behaving badly. It's something that gets ingrained into them from a young age and and it's hard to get over. So it's a sickness, you know? So mm-hmm. so for me, if I if I see other people who have influenced me, nine times out of 10, they're still out there doing the same behavior, in which case I'm praying for them because I know how sick they are, that they're not able to get themselves help. And it is, it's a miracle. I mean, I have a few people in my life who came to addiction, you know, mm-hmm. um, and didn't make it. So yeah. it's, it's it, Dion's one of the lucky ones. I'm one of the lucky ones. It's really... It's God's grace in that way. Yeah, you know?
0: and I like what you said, Mike, before, where it, it, there's no arrival point. You keep on keeping on. Uh, yeah. You keep on dealing with the, the illness, um, and that's that's yeah. got to be for you, uh, an everyday experience as it is for all of us in, in different ways. Mm-hmm. i, I got to ask you, too. Um, Victoria sure. Clark, when she was a guest on our show, wonderful Broadway actress, but I said, do yeah. you have a son, Thomas, and you live in the city? Do you worry about him? And she said, every time he walks out the apartment door... I'm, I'm frightened for my son because I know all the temptation that's out there. You have said, Mike, that you adore, you love beyond love your son. You want to protect him. Do you have any idea yeah. on, on, first of all, how to keep him on the right path, how to uh, inculcate in him right values so he makes good choices? Uh, I know you're not the parent of the year, nobody is, but like, what? how, how do you, I, look, I'm only an uncle and, and I worry about my nieces and nephews all the time, but as a dad, what do you do yeah. to make sure that he ends up safe.
1: That's really interesting. Um, This also may be controversial, but it has just been my own experience. You know, when when Hunter was born, my son, um, I really believed somehow in my head that I could just control him his whole life. Like Mm. I thought, you know, the same way when they're two years old and you pick them up and you put them somewhere and you say, do this. I thought, well, that'll just continue. And I'll just be able to form him into whatever I want him to. And he'll listen and, you know, and, way younger than i thought did i discover oh my god they really don't they don't <laughs> necessarily do what you tell them to do and you right. can't control it you know yeah. um, and certainly now he's 13 years old i mean he's he's literally at an age where I, you know i don't want to take my hands off the wheel too much but there's not a lot of influence that me or his mother can give him mm. that will force him to do something and what i've learned through my struggles is that when people have tried to force me to do anything it's not worked yeah. When they've encouraged me, when they've come to me and said, listen, I want to help you, here's some helpful advice, I'm here for you, I'm sorry this happened, but I'm, he- you know, that's when it works.
0: I want to thank Mark w- Mike Wartella for being with us, great Ukrainian name, and uh, I, thank I, want you. To thank you, I want to thank you for sharing so openly and honestly with us today, your life journey, not just your acting journey, but your life journey, and uh, uh, Hunter is so blessed to have a dad like you uh. who is deeply aware of his own humanity and, and willing to <laughs> grow every single day. Uh, Just a great gift of fresh air. And for our listeners uh, who happen to see reviews about Mike, no, he is not an overnight sensation. He has worked (laughs) long and hard to get where he's going, and he's an incredible talent. I hope we will see him in The Wanderers and many, many more opportunities for theater and TV and movies in the years ahead. Mike, thank you for your honesty, your goodness, and uh, much success as Dion
1: in The Wanderers. Thank you. Thank you very much for today.
0: This program is made possible in part and sponsored by Bullion Shark, a leading rare coin dealer. Do you remember the Bible story of the widow's mite? The widow's mite coin is the type of coin that circulated in the Holy Land and is mentioned twice in the Bible. It's now possible to have one of your very own. Bullion Shark, a well-known rare coin dealer, has a limited supply of these biblical coins, and each coin has been professionally certified. You can buy one or more of these rare coins for just $99 each while supplies last. Their number is 18883551587 and their website is www.bullionsharks.com. This 2,000-year-old unique coin is a piece of biblical history that also makes a perfect gift. Each coin comes with NGC certification to guarantee authenticity and a story card detailing the story behind the piece. You can own a piece of the biblical story that can be passed along to family members for generations to come. Once again, Bullion Sharks' number is one and their website is www.bullionsharks.com. What a great opportunity to own or to give as a gift the very coin mentioned in the Bible. As we end today's program, I thank you all for being with us. If you have any questions or comments to make, you can reach me at personally speaking at gmail.com. You can go to past episodes by punching onto YouTube. Look under Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jim Osanti. Please hit like and subscribe. I'm privileged to serve as host and executive producer of the show. Lisa Jandavits is our producer. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be with you next time on Personally Speaking.